This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt continues to define spiritual formation and our call to growing in faith and obedience. Good day, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm again here with Thad Keenel and the Planted Podcast. How are you doing, Thad? I'm doing wonderful. It's good to be here, and I'm looking forward to the, the episode. We've got you've already kind of lined up a pretty decent curriculum of what we're going to be talking about. I wish I knew how to respond to it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, so we've started this uh, fifth season talking about uh, wanting to talk about spiritual formation and. In uh, the first episode, we really just kind of did a lot of setup work, I think, on spiritual formation, and we talked a good deal about the notion of, um, not just a notion, but I guess I'd say the ideal, that what we're, we're striving towards and what we're doing through the power of the Spirit uh, is, and the promise of God to be conformed to the image of the Son, to be more and more like Jesus, that our spiritual formation is... The goal of that spiritual formation is Christ-likeness. Yeah, right. I mean, the question will go, you know, to some, like, hey, do you believe in God? Yeah, I, be- I believe in God. Okay, so what? Right. You know, what's the so what? You always ask this question regardless what the lesson is, yeah. you know, and it's so important because it's uh, the life um, in the body of believers and the personal life is one of a community and also uh, learning. It's It just never stops, does it? No, it doesn't. And we even, uh, I think we just briefly referenced uh, a sermon that Pastor Winans gave. Uh, this would be, um, see, we're August 1st today of 2023. This would have been probably the early July uh, where he, he was talking about the the finite game versus the infinite game, this right. kind of game theory that it, I forget even who proposed it or identified it in, in kind of studies. But the, the, the infinite theory being that this ongoing uh, the rules of the game or the rules of life is that there's ongoing growth. There's on. There's always something that you can continue to pursue, and within that, the and because of that, in some sense, the players change, the rules change, but the goal is that kind of self improvement kind of thing. And and we would say as Christians, yes, we have that goal, but it's not empowered by the self, right? It, it's actually empowered by God. Right. The, yeah. the big question is, what does the body dynamic look like? You know, because it's it's always, there's new people coming in when you're talking about the congregation. Mm-hmm. There's some people that are leaving. Uh, there's people that are growing in their faith. There's some people that are struggling. Yeah. You know, so how does that all, how does that all work? And how does it work in right. the individual's life and in their personal relationship right. with their Lord? Exactly. And so what, what we, I think, introduced a little bit last time was that, again, while this is about the the growth and ongoing transformation of the human, that it isn't a self-centered or human-centered endeavor necessarily, that it is a Christ-centered endeavor, it is a God-empowered endeavor. And we really didn't get a whole lot last time into necessarily the work of the Spirit um, in that, and I think we'll talk about that some today. We talked a lot about um, the the importance of having all things that we pursue in, in spiritual disciplines or things that will kind of roll out throughout the rest of this series, that they, everything be um, rooted in the Word of God, 
that that any practice that we have, we always need to have um, biblical truth as the foundation so that we know we aren't getting off track. And whether it's our prayer life or the music we sing, the the pray, the 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 worship services we attend, you know, the Bible studies, whatever we do, we always want to make sure that we're um, in the Word of God, and we'll we'll continue to kind of use that as a theme throughout. Even um, maybe in our next episode, we'll maybe even get into like the Old Testament and and the Word of God and things like that. But with uh, but to kind of introduce and get into this, uh, what it looks like, still kind of in this. Like in some sense, I think we're laying out the biblical anthropology a little bit of the new man, the new life, laying that out to some degree, and uh, wanting to continue to look at those passages that talk about that transformation. And so uh, I thought I would start here, and then we could build upon this because it'll also, I think, connect us to wanting to talk some more about the Old Testament. Is is Second uh, Corinthians chapter three? Okay, yeah. At the end, I think I'm going to start in verse 12. If we start in verse 12, the Apostle Paul is is really laying out the gospel and talking about the the, the wonderful uh, glory of of what we have in Christ and the hope that we have in Him and the ministry of the Spirit um, that comes with this. And, and he he starts reflecting back a little bit on the Old Testament time as relates to this, and so. Starting verse 12, he says, Therefore, because we have such a hope, we use much boldness, and not as Moses used to place a veil over his face in order that the sons of Israel would not stare at the end of what was transitory, but their minds were hardened. For until this very day, the same veil remains upon the reading of the Old Covenant, not being uncovered because it is done away with in Christ. But until today, whenever Moses is read aloud, a veil lies upon their heart. But whenever one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, reflecting the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image from glory to into glory, just as from the Lord, this just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So that was the Lexham English Bible translation, by the way. But the the idea here is that, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, I think even in season one, you know, the, the importance of the role of the Holy Spirit in applying the Word to our hearts and helping us to understand it, right? right? And now with the Spirit who, um, who unites us to Christ, who gives us new life, that's where our, our freedom to obey Really, yeah. and that's where this free—the freedom is—is is that now when we see the word of God and hear it, and and He enlightens us with understanding, He also is in light is indwelling us or empowering us with ability. And we think we talked about it a little bit in the Colossians series too, and in, in, in just in terms of right. of of that um, the work of the Spirit to enable us to to fulfill these exhortations, and so. Um, and there's something we gosh, there's a whole we could do a whole several episodes just on glory here, but but the the idea being that this transformation into the image of Christ um, is a spirit empowered work, and, and, and which in some senses, and that's what we want to investigate, you know, especially as we maybe look in the next episode, is the 
why this distinguishing between the old and the new covenant in some ways? Because didn't God always want this for his people? You know, what's what's the what's the role here of of the spirit that that is was the spirit not present in the Old Testament? <laughs> I mean, that's one of those big theological questions we yeah. we ask all the time. Yeah. Well, I think this passage. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of difficult uh, to read and, and and even listen to, especially if you're not too familiar with the stories. I mean, what does it mean about this veil and Moses, and mm-hmm. you know, why are we talking about things of the past uh, with today? So, you know, I think it might make some sense to just discuss what veil we're talking about, because this isn't necessarily the veil in the temple, for example, right? This is before that. This no, this is, is after Moses comes down from the mountain, right? He's, he's looking been, like a bride, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He, they can't look directly on his face, so he needs to wear a veil, right? Right. Um, and so, guys, I mean, we could have even started back up earlier in chapter three when it's, because it, there it's talking about the writing the law in their hearts versus on stone tablets, you know? And so this whole dynamic that that is going on, but, but, it is talking about there is something different about us post-resurrection, post-Pentecost, when the Spirit is given. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean there's a different kind of salvation. Right. But there is a—we should have an ex- expectation and hope that is greater in how we're able to live. I think that's the big— difference here is, right, the ability to live out God's desires, we should have greater confidence now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's just, it, for me, the, the, the difficult, there, there's some of it that is in regard to um, what's being discussed here. I, I certainly, we're, we're a couple chapters into this already, but uh, the, there, could we say that the what Moses is veiling, why he's wearing a veil. Um, there was there's perhaps a couple of reasons, but that's part of like the afterglow from his visit with God, right? Part yeah. part of the glory of God is is coming up upon his face, right? And there's one of it is, is it was fading away, so he didn't want the people to see that glory fading, right? Mm-hmm. But the other uh, is showing that not everybody in the congregation below had had access. Um, to that same, um, they were going through the mediator Moses at, the, at that right. time, right? And so now, what, what's being said is, no, we actually have that direct access um, to the throne of God, and this is what we've been talking about in the Book of Hebrews as well, right? Because we have the the priest uh, Christ who went in ahead of us in that veil um, that separated the glory of God. The veil is something that separates, right? Right. Um, is now been made. That path has been now cleared through Christ, and it says that we now can enter into the throne room boldly. So, if we look at both of those things kind of together, uh, we have we have a, a a greater hope. We have greater access than than the people did of that of that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to Hebrews um, and and just look at at some of this to see. Uh, what Christ accomplishes for us, so that that's what what Moses did in some sense for the congregation in mediating the covenant. Covenant, it was, um, and, and he was he was granted that access to God to give 
the covenant laws, which I think, like I said, we'll talk maybe a little bit more in another episode. But Christ in in the book of Hebrews is set against Moses as he's the greater Moses, right? Because he's able to um, to do something greater, and then he's also not just set up against Moses, but also against the Levitical priesthood, which Moses gives laws and stipulations about how they're to to act and to serve in the temple, the tabernacle. Which becomes the temple, um, and and Jesus is greater than that. And so, what are some of the things that Hebrews um, tells us about what Christ accomplishes? Why is he superior? Well, there's so many places. I mean, I'm just looking in Hebrews 10. I don't know okay. if you went to eight or nine in your in oh. your in your first view, but yeah, well, 10's good because 10's kind of reviewing. Uh, a lot of eight and nine, anyway. Yeah, right. Well, for one thing, um, in the Old Testament. Uh, they had the daily sacrifice, right? There was a mm-hmm. continual sacrifice. And in particular, um, there was one big day a year that the high priest went in and sacrificed for the congregation, right? right. And so that uh, that all came to an end when Christ shed his blood for his people. And that was a satisfact- satisfactory you know, sacrifice, if you will, mm-hmm. Um, for all time. So he dies once and then the sacrificial system comes to a complete end because Christ is now the one who died on our behalf because it was a man, right? Right, The God man, Christ. And so, um, so now it's interesting because all of those sacrifices, there's, there's so many places you could talk about, but all of the sacrifices in the Old Testament, it says here in Hebrews 10 that they never forgave a single sin. Hmm. They... They satisfied the wrath of God for a time, but they weren't able to do it forever. That's why they had to have the continual sacrifice. Right. But Christ, it says, um, in um, let's see, I guess probably in verse eight, mm-hmm. um, it says that sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings and sins you did not desire, nor had the pleasure in them, uh, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. So this is almost like um, Christ talking here, right? This is Old Testament yeah. with Christ talking in, in this form. And it says that Christ takes away the first that he may establish the second, that um, um, by that will we have been sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So it says that basically death's, uh, Christ's death is now perfected. And sanctified us, which is right. just a separate. He makes us separate, and this is different from what the people uh, were going through at the bottom yeah. of Mount Sinai. Right? Yeah, and it's interesting that in, we had talked about this in, in our class this, this past Sunday. But there's this combination of both the actual offering itself, the the, the sacrifice itself, that Jesus, being you know a fully fully human, that is able to atone that something bulls and goats aren't able to do. But it's also just, it's not just the physical thing itself, but it's also the act of his will. It's his obedience, right? That he is an, ob- an obedient sacrifice. There's a sense in which, you know, the bulls and goats had no choice. The the, the master came and brought them, you know, and they're just <laughs> right. this, they're an innocent, you know, and, and Jesus is innocent too, but he's but he's actually willingly going and doing it. He, in, in that sense, he's... He's presenting himself to the Father in faith, faith being that loyal obedience to His will. Right, you know that makes that 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 
that I think is is the another aspect of the difference of his sacrifice, you know, which which leads me then to as we look to him and trust in him, isn't that the in terms of our spiritual formation, isn't that what his sacrifice is now supposed to enable in us? That we now, because of his sacrifice, because of his willing obedience, we now, by the Spirit and by this new birth, are being given the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, right? Well, yeah, you know, that's to, that's really good. And you know, I'm you do a lot of analogies. I I don't, and and the reason is, is, and you always will say this that an analogy will always break down at some point, right? Yeah. But if we just look at um, an aspect where there's there's a barrier called call it the veil in the temple or whatever mm-hmm. that we just can't go through. We couldn't go through before the high priest was only able to do that once a year at that time into the presence of God. And it wasn't without sacrifice for himself. So he had to make sure that he was ritualistically clean before he did that. Um, when Christ uh, died on the cross, it says it compares also in Hebrew summer um, that it was his flesh. That was that veil. Right by mm-hmm. dying, that's why the veil was was torn in two, making access because it's through Christ's blood. It's almost like if if Christ was um, a fullback going through <laughs> the defense. Here's the analogy part of it, right? You can't go through the steel curtain, the old Steelers, right? right. The steel curtain. You couldn't go through that, but Christ breaks through that curtain once and for all. Now we all can take the ball. Right, you know, right on through to the end zone because of what Christ has done for right. us. Exactly, and we have that same power that's in Christ now, and that's the Spirit. Because it was Christ in the Spirit. Yeah, He was. The, he was God. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, so that confidence we have now of of that full access, be is by faith and by the Spirit uniting us to Christ, that then becomes the power, right, for us to live as Christ. Um, and now we know this is a process and this is an ongoing um, game, you know, if we use the infinite finite game thing or this ongoing lifelong thing. But the point is, is that we're not waiting some future day for that access is we have it now. And I, I think at times in my life, I've thought about my spiritual life in terms of ability and hopefulness more totally future-oriented, or even like we, we've talked, sometimes you hear preached, you know, the gospel of salvation, and it's all about getting to heaven, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? Instead of the fact that it's actually bringing heaven to us now, that we have the access now, the power now in the Spirit. And so they're back to the the Corinthians, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, <laughs> you know? Right. And now I'm free from um, the power of sin. I'm 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 free from its judgment, but I'm also free from its ability to hold me down. Um, when I'm when I'm accessing that through faith and living in the reality that that Hebrews is telling me is is mine. To say that your um, your faith or to believe in God is is all about making it to heaven would be almost like comparing. Um, a marriage to saying the only thing that's important about marriage is just getting to the 50th anniversary. <laughs> right. Not a, not anything about the relationship along the way. Yeah. You know? And that's that 
continues the pattern within God's covenant of what that relationship looks like. You know, that marriage is, is continuous. We have the Adam and Eve example that I had mentioned um, mm-hmm. in, in classes past or podcasts past, um, but also uh, the covenant at Mount Sinai was, a, it's it's really a marriage covenant in a form because God says, I will be your God. And the people say, well, we will be your people. Right. You know, and so whatever you say, we'll do it. You know, and uh, I, fi- I happen to uh, find this verse here where it talks about um, the veil being Christ's flesh. And I think it will also help lead us on to the next step. But it says in chapter 10, in verses 19 through, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, having boldness to enter the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, that's the veil that we were talking about because you have to go through the veil to get to the holiest of holies, by a new and living way which he consecrated or set apart through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled uh, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Here it is, right here. This is all about the life now living in that assurance yeah, of faith. Right, right. And then and just to keep going, then it's up to us to stir one another up to love and good works, right? <laughs> exactly, that, yeah. That not neglecting to meet together and all, and, and one of those well-known Hebrew book of Hebrews passages and encouraging us to to come together in worship. And so as we think about that, the this new and living way that he opened up for us. So I'm looking here in the ESV that that I love that. As we think about, you know, opened up for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, which you just mentioned, you know, the mm-hmm. the or the veil. Um, but it says he's the new and living way that he opened for us. And and we talk about being born again. We talk about new creation, you know. And we we love to hear. I at least I do love to hear those testimonies of transformation in people's life. You know what they left behind and what they're now living into. Um, but being able to to see our life as new every morning, you know, right. um, that I don't necessarily always wake up with that mentality. <laughs> you know, I you know, I, I wake up and I think about the day ahead sometimes and I think, well, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And it just in some sense it starts I can I can start heaping burden and upon burden upon burden upon myself. Right. And and not stop enough and reflect about the fact that I actually have a new life with the Savior who carries my burdens for me and and I can approach my day and 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 whatever is facing it with with that newness and with life and with the the um the strength of being um within the the sanctuary of God you know through through the spirit in in, in Christ you know sure um no absolutely so uh, i think so i think what i'm getting at here a little bit is one of the a key in spiritual formation is vision, is, is having the right vision of our life in Christ and seeing it as we should. You know, if you think about anything you do, if you're building a desk, you know, if you're a woodworker or if you're fixing a car or, or whatever, you know, you're making something, you, 
you have an idea in your mind what the finished product looks like, yeah. uh, right? And you're and you you're looking forward to that and do that, and and so it so each time you you go at it, in some senses, you're 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 working toward that new thing that is you know that is already started. It may not be done yet, but it's it is it is it is new. Um, it's not maybe fully formed, but when it's fully formed, you can say, here's my new desk, <laughs> right? Or my new filing cabinet or whatever it is you're making. But it's still in, while it's in process, it's still new. It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, you know, you already had mentioned this, but, you know, Christ has made this way for us and that's been perfected and, mm-hmm. and done. And now we have the right and the access to the throne by the spirit. But as you said here, um, and this is a, this is all about the spiritual formation um, the next verse doesn't say, now go do it on your own or just go sit in a corner and read your Bible. No, it's do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because Christ is coming and, and we need each other to build up and edify each other and correct and instruct in righteousness, which is the the word of God, you know, being properly taught and, and shared with the people. So um, that's the life of the congregation what is the congregation? Well, it's the body of Christ. Well, what's the body of Christ? It's the bride of Christ. Oh, we're back in covenant now yeah, in the marriage relationship, right. right? Yeah, and and what unites the, the the bride and the body is the spirit. There there's the same spirit within within the body, and the spirit distributes gifts to to everyone within the body. And, and so we 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 help each other out in that way. And it's it's not just in the power of Thad, but it's the spirit working through Thad speaking to me. You know, um, and, and and with that again, the, what does the Spirit use as He speaks to us? Well, what 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 should we know? The Spirit is He's going to be using the Word of God. He's going to be using um, God's um, instructions for us as He speaks to us and helps us do that. Which goes back to Hebrews four twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and 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 go in John chapter you know fourteen in 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 terms of the the promise of the Spirit who's gonna he's he, Jesus promised who's gonna come I'm not gonna leave you as orphans but he's gonna come and he's gonna be your counselor you know and he's gonna lead you into all truth you know yeah, yeah so um, absolutely yeah so that's really it's really good and so all right so now with this new with this new knowledge that we have as believers that Christ has made a way. Um, uh, we we can't just fall asleep, right? We just we we just don't say, yeah, I'm a believer, and so I'm all set. You know, I'm just going to go about my business. You can't live on an island, right? Right. So, what is what is critical uh, for us then as we um, as we take the next step? If we're a new believer, if we're just trying to figure out how to get back in the community, what? What do we do to take the next step um, in our walk with Christ? Well, I think we need. Would I? We eh, edit this. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think that next step that we're talking about for some, uh, and many of us, uh, is. Well, Lord, I don't know what exactly that should look like. I want to take those next steps, but what, what, what is that? What, what does it look like? And so, I think the one of the best places to start 
is the Word of God. So if we think about um, trying to recover and pursue God's design for us to get back in the image of Christ, that starts with um, who is Jesus. So I would one of the places I often encourage new believers to start is just pick one of the Gospels. Uh, I love the Gospel of John, um, but I'm also a little more you know, theoretical for, for people who maybe are a little bit more practical. I tell them, go to the book of Mark, you know, Mark's <laughs> yeah. a little bit more straightforward on some movie but, script. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, but you choose a gospel and just start reading the gospel and, and just start. And, and as you're reading the gospels, um, ask yourself, who is Jesus? Don't necessarily have to figure out all the sayings and, and there's, you know, um, that, you know, you can get into some, you know, difficult things at times. But if you're just saying, what's Jesus doing? What's he acting like? Who is he? And when he's teaching things, what is he asking? Uh, I think that's, a, that's one of the first places to start. If, if the goal is to become like Jesus, then, why, then let's go read the stories that tell us about Jesus' life and okay, ministry. Okay, so with that, I had, I had pulled out some spiritual formation um, relevant um, mm-hmm. scriptures. Uh, what I'd like to do with a couple of them is just just quote them and then let you comment on them in regard to how this is relative to our walking with Christ. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and begin with uh, the Gospel of John, since you've already mentioned yeah. it. But in chapter 15, this is Christ uh, speaking to the, di- the disciples, and he says, John 15, 4, says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, no more can you unless you abide in me. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there, right? There's um, abiding, which would, right. You know, so some some translations will tra- translate that "remain in me," or um, you could even like "dwell in me," um, "stay." Uh, the The point is, is that is abiding does have to do with, I think, one. Its identity is where is where's your home, <laughs> right? Where's right. your abode, right? Um, but but then too but but it's in but it's um, but it's it's not just it's not purely passive. Um, it really is it is in in an active sense that you are to abide to abide, mm-hmm. and so it is something that it's um, you have to be consciously aware of where what your um, where you're setting yourself, and I would say setting your heart your mind all of yourself. So uh, as we remain in him, that, that we, we meditate upon that, we, we live out of that. Um, and for what purpose? Well, that's, that's where we get life. That's where we get strength. And so as it relates to the, the, the fruit and the vine, how, where does the, the fruit get the nourishment, the nutrients, the energy to grow? Right and 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 because this goes right back to our first podcast. Yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. It does. And so, um, uh, when we become new creations in Christ, that which was dead in us is the fact that before faith in Christ and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, we did not have the Spirit coursing through our veins, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Right. Um, but now in Christ, we. Through faith in Christ, we do, and so it is. It's it's there that we draw life uh, from, 
And so uh, when we, when now we've talked about this in other episodes, we can still try to draw life from other things, even as a born again, new creation, uh, Christ follower. Um, but when we do that, we don't bear fruit. Right. And so, but here we do bear fruit. And so part of the, you know, when we, when we see the biblical truth of, we, the, of what Jesus is telling us to look like, and we start applying it to our life, we, we do it in the power of the Spirit who's uniting us to Christ, who's, who's allowing us to remain in the vine. And so when, when we live that way, then we can take a look at our life, and that's where the congregation actually becomes important, is that you can help look at my life, and I can help look at yours, and, and we together, maybe it's your small group or a Sunday school class that you're a part of, you're in community, and you can help one another say, am I bearing good fruit or am I bearing bad fruit? Right, yeah. And we know that from the Word. The Word's going to help us identify what's good fruit or bad fruit, but, but the Spirit will also testify in our own life at times and convict us and let us know we're not bearing good fruit. But the point is, is that that if the focus is not on the fruit itself, the focus is on the vine. And when we, when we stay focused and we abide in Christ and abide in the vine, the fruit will start to happen. Right. So, let me, so the good fruit that you're talking about is really our good works, right, yeah. in Christ. So let me just read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and it says, For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has before uh, the foundations of the world ordained that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and so again, there's priority here. The priority is speaking of one who is already a new creation, who's already created in Christ Jesus. As we, if we jump up a few verses, it's by grace through faith. Right. You know, nothing that we've done in and of ourselves. And so, but as a result of that, the byproduct of that then becomes the life of good works that, um, and that we walk in them. And so, uh, we pay attention to that. Uh, which I think will relate, and we'll probably talk about this in the next episode about the whole Old Testament. There's this whole idea of when you hear the Word of God, the expectation was always that you would then obey it, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, the question is, do we have the ability to obey it? Well, we know now from the New Testament, because of the Spirit and because of Christ's access, right, we, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And in Philippians 1.6, it says this very thing, right? It says, and I'm sure of this, Paul says, that he, that is Christ, who began a good work in you, Right. We'll bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ or yeah. until the day of Jesus Christ. Exactly. So so we are empowered yes. by Christ if we believe in him, right? Yeah. So so to sit there and just um, uh, be continuously worried that I'm not good enough or smart enough or whatever to take the first step or the next step to enrich myself spiritually, is, a, is it just I'm just lying to myself? Hmm. Yeah. Right? Because, right. Because... I'm, what I've done at that point is like, oh, yeah, well, that's only if I'm unplugged from from the rooted and grounded in Christ thing. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, and, and that's the—I think that's one of the things, if we go back to the whole veil, you know, idea, or—because I, I, I think of the pa- the passage, too, where that, like, we look through a veil dimly at times, so that we don't—we don't always—in this world around us, the, the, what's, what's the accuser— the devil, he's trying to he's trying to remind us of sin to keep us from God, right? Right, and and Jesus is saying, no, there's um, there's uh, you know Romans eight one 
therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so we apply the gospel. We said, oh, okay, his accusations, we have a solution to his accusations, um, that he really can't accuse us anymore um, in that sense because I have a covering in in Jesus, and I'm I'm right in God's eyes because of Jesus. Okay, so there that that's one element. Another element is well, what, just look at the troubles of the world. Um, the, the troubles of the world are going to bring me down. The troubles of the world are going to look at me, look at me and say, "Oh, it's too much for me to handle. I can't. I can't." Well, the world is so broken, and we don't have a solution apart from Christ. Right? <laughs> <There it is. laughs> right. Oh no, I've overcome the world. You know, I've 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 been resurrected from the dead. New life is possible, you know, in me. And so it is that kind of when whenever those things come against us, whether it's an accusation of our own unworthiness or the the, the world's troubles are too big, or um, or uh, somebody else, you know, isn't loving me and accepting me. Um, the I always say, well, what's what has priority? Does Jesus' victory have priority? Does does the Father's acceptance in Christ have priority over over whether or not my kid or my wife or my neighbor or somebody else in that very moment is accepting me or not? Yeah, you know, right. And so, so yeah, we, the 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 point is is that the key is in those times of doubt, in those times of hesitation, we always preach the gospel to ourselves. We always look to look to Jesus as the means to which we overcome those barriers. All right. Let me give you, this is going to be the last one, but this is going to take us full circle back to the old Testament in the, in the temple. Um, and this is from first Corinthians chapter six. And it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy spirit who is in you, which you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So it's talking about the temple again there. Your body is the temple of the Holy spirit. Yeah. And so that that is a that's a constant image that the New Testament writers continue to remind us of. I think of Peter as well, who talks about us being um, made into the temple, like all the li- we're all together living stones that become the temple. That and and what do what do people who live and dwell in the temple do? They are priests, <laughs> yeah. right, and servants of the Lord. And so so that's what we are. And so the Spirit is. Um, and that's where the that's where the presence of God is. And so, where's the Spirit? Well, the Spirit is in us. And so, we are we are the temple. We are that place where heaven and earth is reunited. Is it starts with us? And so, I think about the Lord's Prayer of praying that His kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Well, the, well, that prayer has already gotten an answer. Not it's not a full answer. It's not fully here, but it's already been inaugurated and already started. Where? In our own hearts, right? Because right? we're we're to be a kingdom of priests, exactly. Right? And, which is what they. So it is comparable to the Old Testament because they were also a kingdom of priests. Yes, right. They they were, and so really the expectation, the vision God had for His Old Testament people is the very same as us. Is what, but what we we see with the fulfillment of of Christ's work in the gift of the Spirit is. We have a greater hope and promise to live that out. Um, not that I don't think the Old Testament saints sh- shouldn't have had that hope, <laughs> right? But there, there did seem to be this, um, you know, sense in which, um, at, at least, even in I think we look in Jesus' time, where the many of the teachers of the law were were still 
placing the burden on human ability in order to carry them out. Yeah. You well, know? that's, that's a really good place. Maybe we can start to close with that because we're running out of time, but, uh, um, in our, in our next episode, why don't we talk about, um, the differences between, um, the new covenant relationship that we have and the body of believers and compare that we've already been talking about the old Testament and the, and the temple sacrifice. We haven't talked too much about the congregation that surrounded that though. And, and compare what, that looks like from the Old Testament to the New Testament and see just how consistent God truly is. Yeah, I think it's good. And, and before we close here, just looking at this verse again, that to see that even in the New Testament, we should see ourselves as um, this whole idea of being bought with a price, right? Mm-hmm. That that we're not our own. And I, I just want to highlight this because – and we'll connect it back to the first, uh, Second Corinthians three, when it talks about the freedom, you know, the freedom that we have in the Spirit. Um, that freedom is the freedom to obey, the freedom to to love as Christ loved. To the, we're now free to love God and love our neighbor. It's not freedom of individual autonomy to be whatever I want to be. Right. We've been freed from something. What is that? Some something. Yeah. It, the, the something is we were slaves right. to sin. And now, but now we're slaves to Christ. Right. And so I, I, I highlight that because I think it's very important when we think about spiritual formation today in our current context. I think we can be tempted through our culture to look, have the cultural outlook of what self improvement is. And in our current culture, that, that takes on many forms, even to the point of being able to change your gender, to being able to, um, you know, declare what God declares bad is. We, we've started to declare good in the name of evolution and self-improvement and right. enlightenment and things. And, 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 and from an American um, United States Western viewpoint uh, here in, the, in, in 2023, you know, that notion of freedom has taken on a whole different thing. The, 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 the biblical notion of freedom has been absconded by the American view of freedom of, of this absolute um, – autonomistic uh, libertarianism that says, Thad, you can be anything you want to be. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's just not, that's a distorted, I, I would say, worldly and evil view of freedom. Right. Exactly. It sure is. And I, I think that's, um, as you said, it's the, it's the Nike um, <laughs> logo, right? Just do it, right? As yeah. long as it feels good to you, yeah. whatever you feel like doing. And, and, but they'll always add this: they'll as long as you don't hurt somebody else, yeah. Then it's then it's then everything's okay, right? Well, that's not the biblical worldview, yeah. Right? You know, it's not it's not what God says, and so we always want to have our our minds on God's truth, and the only way that we can know that is to understand what the Bible says, right? And so again. When we're talking about spiritual formation and we're talking about this transformation and, and you, know, you brought up last episode, I think, the whole picture of the, the metamorphosis of the caterpillar into the butterfly, right. right? That a lot of spiritual gurus will use that metaphor. You know, and you can, and even in our, I think in our enlightened, sometimes naturalistic world, you know, view of, of self, we'll use that. And, but there's no governing authority to it. Right. Well, and, when the world says it and the gurus say it, this is all self-improvement. Exactly. And we're, no, we're Christ improvement. Right. You know? And so, so 
as we reflect on this and, and, and even go back to the Old, the Old Testament here, I want to just have that reminder of, of, of verse 20. You were bought with a price. Mm-hmm. Glorify God with your body. The, the, the whole point of this transformation is become like Christ and to glorify God. It's not, it's not for my own glory, although I will re- be able to reflect that glory, and glory will be given to me as glory is given to Christ. But the, the, the goal of it is God-centeredness, Christ-centeredness, um, uh, not, not me. Uh, and and that's, the, I think that's a constant battle that I think we're going to have to face. And I think actually we'll see that whole identity piece um, really starts in the Old Testament with the making of Israel a, right. a kingdom of priests and a nation. So. Yeah, good. Yep. All right. Well, great. We'll, we'll see you next time then. Okay. Okay. Have a good day, everybody. Be sure to join us next time as we look at the practical side of our Christian journey. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.